Lord, come in. What a feast. Grapes. I'm looking at a, a vineyard right now. There's a bunch of grapes out there. These martyrs are a, they're a blessing. They're a privilege. These are brothers and sisters, faithful. And when pressed, it was a sweet fruit that we get to taste. And when we get pressed in here, let's hope that we can be as sweet as they were. The Lord presses us. Let's get that, that fruit. I have two studs. These, these, these guys are awesome. This is a sober thing, and it's, yes, it should be sobering. But these guys, this is, this is what we want to aspire to, the boldness and the joy, the fearlessness. Just, you'll hear it in a minute. I read a bunch of stories of, of men and women that were, they were convicted by their faith, and they were, gonna, they were sentenced to death. And their response to their loved ones was to write long letters. Upon reflection, lots of time suffering and imprisoned and alone. And you know what their response was? To encourage their loved ones. Not look for encouragement from their loved ones, but to write long, beautiful letters that got sweeter. The longer they were imprisoned, the more they were afflicted, the more amazing their letters were. It was incredible. And they're all the same. Thousands of testimonies, they are all the same. It gets sweeter. Now, it's incredible. Paul, look at Paul. Paul's suffering, right? What does he do? He seek, Lord, deliver me. My grace is sufficient. Okay, I'm our glory then in my infirmities. That's what these people did. They gave God the glory. What are we doing today? It's exciting. We have an opportunity that's before us. It's a great privilege. You'll never, you'll never have this day over again. Some of you are old. You're dying. All of us, you're dying. You're born to die. But some of you are closer to putting on that immortality, to putting off that mortality. You should be more excited. I'll trade you. You're closer to the finish line. Come on. You can glad come back. You can have it. Some of you are sick. I'll trade you. I'll trade you. Because you know what? Most of the ones that are sick are doing the same thing these guys did. It pushes you closer. You're, you're drawing nearer, and the fruit is sweet. And I'm thankful for everybody in here that responds faithfully and encourages and provokes like these guys did. Christian, the first one I'm going to present to you is Christian Gasteiger in 1586. In the year 1586, on the Friday after Whitsuntide, which was the 3rd of June, Christian Gasteiger, a blacksmith, was imprisoned at Ingolstadt in Bavaria. On the following Sunday, two Jesuits with their town judge came to him and talked with him concerning his faith. But they soon left him again, for they could not agree with him. Nine days after, the two Jesuits came again to talk with him and began with many words to revile the church. But the brother contradicted them, and thus they spent almost an hour and a half together and then left him with dissatisfaction. Three weeks afterwards, again two Jesuits came to him who wanted to instruct him. But when he would not dance as they piped, they left him again. And after two days, the judge came to him with a doctor in the scriptures to speak with him concerning infant baptism. They said, children were damned if they were not brought to baptism. Thereupon, brother Christian replied, they are not damned, therefore. And he proved it to them with many scriptures, which he adduced. On this account, they called him a heretic and said further, children have the devil in them. 
Hence they must be baptized. Then he asked how the devil got into the children. They said, He comes into the children from the mother. But he contradicted them also in this. Nine days afterwards, the judge of and his counsel came to him, and they said, You are well aware why you were imprisoned here. You have been confined here for some time already, and priests have come to you, but you would not hearken to them. For I have been told by them that there is no hope of you anymore. And the order has come that I am to speak with you once more, and that if you will not be converted to that which your parents believed, you shall be placed upon a stack of wood and burnt. And let us see then how God will be with you. But he replied, I am ready every day to die, and I hope to God in heaven that he will keep me valiant and faithful unto the end, so that I shall not depart from the truth, and he may, and may his will be done concerning me. The next day, again, two Jesuits came to dispute with him and asserted that he had no faith. They also began of infant baptism, saying that the child had to be baptized, else it were damned. But he contradicted them, and when they had spent three hours with him, and he had sufficiently replied to them and valiantly resisted their false doctrine, they left him. He also let us know that as he was now in prison for the truth's sake, he would also firmly adhere to the truth. Though it should cost him his life, he should not depart from it. They should have all good confidence concerning him, for he would valiantly fight for the eternal crown, and he well perceived that God faithfully succored him in his bonds, for which he was also praised, and th for which he also praised and thanked him, and prayed that he would keep him even unto his temporal death. He moreover sent us and all believers a Christian greeting. Afterwards, when he had been confined for over twelve weeks at Ingolstadt, and all the priests and Jesuits there had become tired of him, and yet could accomplish nothing with him, he was on the 25th of August placed upon a cart and conducted from Ingolstadt to Munich. Finally, on the 13th of December, sentence was requested concerning him. The prince was not at home, and the supreme judge had died. The underjudge would have had to pronounce the sentence, but he would not, and said that it was not his office. The burgomaster and several others in the council would also not consent to it, but the Jesuits strenuously insisted upon it, so that the sentence proceeded nevertheless. He was led forth from prison before the council house and sentenced to the sword. He was then led to death, and since he was very joyful and of good cheer and spoke very much to the people, the Jesuits became very angry and spat into his face so that the executioner himself wiped it off. The Jesuits also held before him an idolatrous crucifix and spat again into his face, which vexed the people greatly. When he arrived in the place of execution, he was very joyful because he saw that he had so nearly gained the crown. The executioner stood there with the drawn sword, afraid and begging him to renounce. But he said to the executioner that he should execute his sentence on him. And to the Jesuits he said, Though there were a thousand of you here, and multiplied thousands, you should not be able to seduce me. Then the executioner executed him with the sword, and thus he persevered steadfast and joyful in the faith. Amen. Something to think about. Paul was in a strait. Are you in a strait? Would you rather depart and be with the Lord Jesus Christ right now? 
Or are you here so you can sit here and teach your loved ones and, and love your spouse and your kids and your brothers and sisters and then push them and press them to the Lord Jesus Christ in greater love? Is that why you're here? As Paul was. Paul just stayed around because he had a bunch of lazy carnal churches that he had to whip into shape. Why are we here? Let's burn it down. Your spouse and your kids and, and your job, your lot and your portion, all that is is a gift from God, and it's a shadow of good things to come. That's God just pouring out his goodness saying, you think this is something? This is nothing. And all these people, burn it. It's nothing. This one, the next one's shorter. It'll be quick. Michael Vischer, 1587. Stud, brother, friend. In the year 1587... About Whitsuntide, Michael Vischer was in prison for the faith at Ingolstadt in Bavaria. And when he had been confined about twelve weeks, and much had been tried with him by monks, Jesuits, and otherwise, and he would also not follow their false doctrine and idolatry, but firmly persevered in the faith which he had accepted, acknowledged, and confessed, he was finally sentenced to death, that he should be executed on Friday the 6th of August. If he would not renounce... But since he looked for a better and eternal life, he continued immovable and steadfast in the faith. Thus he was on the aforementioned day, about eight o'clock in the morning, brought from the prison before the council house, and sentence was there read to him that since this Anabaptist had for about twenty years adhered to Anabaptism, so they call it, and also seduced several others thereto, and would in no wise allow himself to be moved from it, he must die for it. For the imperial mandate and decree is that such shall not be suffered to or tolerated, but punished with fire and sword. Thereupon he was led out to the place of execution, to which he was willing and ready, going there with alacrity. A Jesuit and a monk went with him and wanted to instruct him. However, he did not hearken to them, but told them to go away from him. Thus they went in advance to the place of execution, and there said to him, that since he had to die, he should prepare himself for it. And they held a crucifix before his face, saying that he should behold him that had died for us. But he shook his head and said, Christ my Redeemer is in heaven, therefore I deny all human handiwork. He also said to the executioner, Come hither, there is nothing else left to do. I will valiantly adhere to the faith and die upon it. And with this he knelt down boldly and undismayed. God granted him such power and strength that he persevered steadfastly unto the end in the way of truth unto, unto eternal life in Jesus Christ. Wonderful. The executioner became terrified by his undauntedness so that he could not properly execute him but had to cut off his head, as it were, in consequence of which he was in no small peril of his life, which means usually the executioner has one job. You think you would be pretty good at just one foul swoop. But because he was so shaken and messed up, he had to take many hacks is what that means. Do you think it mattered to Mr. Vischer? I think not. It's a, it's a blessed privilege today. It's, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's either knocking because he's outside and he shouldn't be, and you can open the door right now, or you're supping right now. You're having a wonderful meal right now. These guys, you know... Figure out what it is, whatever it is. Think about, the, think about the people to your left and right, your lot and your portion. All it is is a shadow to show you what's fixing to come, the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything's pointing to him. Let's, let's give our pastor our ears and our hearts. The Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.